I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Welcome to my basketball cards. Big shout out to Paris Alexa, the person who sings the theme song to our show. Check out her album, Too Real, on all streaming platforms. Now a word from our sponsor. Welcome to my basketball cards, people. Yo, this is a very, very um, different kind of episode that we're doing. I'm your host, Zaire. Um, I wanted to do like a reaction type of show off of Hollinger and Duncan, the NBA show um, that they do on the Locked On Network. Uh, basically, they did a show on May 10th uh, talking about the, the most overrated players of all time. It was their opinion. And whenever I see like somebody doing like a most underrated players, most overrated players, it's always interesting to hear uh, what players made what list and everything. And, and man, people have like just these various opinions on who's the greatest of all time and why, who sucks and why. <laughs> and it's always, uh, I guess, like barbershop talk, fun conversation, interesting debates that you can have. But I just thought them their opinions of Isaiah Thomas being the most overrated uh, player in NBA history, like, is, uh, is like, if, if you can say it's criminal, it's criminal, in, in, in my opinion. <laughs> um you know, and this is not to disrespect them. I got so much respect on everybody on the Locked On Network. Um, those shows, you know, they, they take time out to do those shows. They take time out to bring great content to basketball fans and to educate basketball fans on the game and to entertain people in this time, especially where we don't have um, a lot of things to do because of the pandemic. So big shout out to everybody on that network. And, and, you know, I would suggest for you all to check out the Hollinger and Duncan show on your own. And, you know, I'm not trying to tell you to not check it out. I think they do a good job in their own right as well. But I just disagree on um, their opinions about Isaiah Thomas. Um, so we'll jump into it. Like I, when I was a kid, like I, I had a guilty pleasure of liking Isaiah Thomas because he would be beating your team and smiling the whole time. And you think, oh, that's a nice guy. But then he'd do something and you go, wait a second. You know, <laughs> he he was just a very, um, he was like, he seemed devious, you know, as a player. Um, but at the same, like, because he was really tough and gritty, but he smiled the whole time. And it kind of threw you off, you know. But um, the older I get, you know, I just really appreciate Isaiah Thomas and how he won NBA championships. Um, just being a six-one guard, you didn't have six-one guards that were the um, focal points on their team, guiding their teams to championships before Isaiah Thomas. That just never happened, and that's something to consider, uh, especially during that time when the big men were so talented. Um, so let's talk about this. Um, one thing that they said on the Hollinger and Duncan show, um, they said they mentioned about how Isaiah Thomas's last uh, All NBA season was in 1987, and so when his team was winning championships in the '89 and the '90 seasons, um, that he wasn't an All NBA player and wasn't the best player on the team. All right, so first off, let's let me let me say this in my opinion. Um, well, first of all, it's not an opinion that. All, all NBA is up to a vote. It's up to a vote. So 
you got guys that get all NBA and it might not even be the best season they've ever had. Like they might mess around, and get third team on their best season and get first team, you know, or maybe a second or third or fourth best season. Mark Price is a prime example in 92, 93. That was not his best season individually, but he was named first team all NBA due to circumstances. You know, um, it just like he, he it just happened like he had a winning record where you got a guy like John Stockton. His team didn't win as many games. Uh, Tim Hardaway, his team, I don't even think made the playoffs that year. They had, you could say they had better numbers in, in a way. Um, you know, Timmy was averaging, what, 20, 22 points and 10 assists a game. Mark Price was averaging, you know, less points and less assists. Um, so, you know, you think in hindsight, you think, oh, yeah, John Stockton is better than Mark Price. But that year, folks felt that Mark Price was better. Um and it's subjective, like, it's, it's it's not, like, it's an opinion. Uh, Penny Hardaway, he's third-team All-NBA, and he didn't even play 60 games. And this was um, with 96-97 season. Um, so you can make, here's another player, Fat Lever. He was All-NBA once in his whole career. And you look at his numbers, and this dude was, like, a dang near triple-double every season. He, like, put up big numbers in rebounding and uh, assists and points. But he played in the same conference as Kevin Johnson and um, Magic Johnson. And, you know, it, it was hard for him to end up making All-NBA. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a selection. Another thing to think about, too, is that the more the Pistons won, because when he got All-NBA, the Pistons weren't quite the bad boys yet. The more they became the bad boys and the more successful they got and the more they interrupted the NBA's plan, um, <laughs> of the late Lakers Celtics Bulls type of dominance. Um, the more people kind of started despising that team and they started despising Isaiah Thomas too. And, you know, you could say, well, you know, Joe Dumars still got all NBA. Yeah. Joe Dumars got all NBA. Cause Joe Dumars was the only one that people liked people, people, people didn't put Joe Dumars in the same category as the rest of the bad boys, because he wasn't like, as physical and he wasn't like I mean he was a great defender but he wasn't considered dirty he wasn't considered bad and I'm not saying they were dirty but the the um opinion was that Joe Dumars was a nice guy there was um interview that Reggie Reggie Miller one time was talking about how when he was uh playing against the Pistons uh Joe Dumars would tell him like hey they're gonna hurt you if you drive by me so, you know, I'm just warning you, you know, he was a nice guy. So they didn't uh, paint him with the same, um, the same brush. You dig what I'm saying? So, um, so saying all that to say, the more successful Isaiah got and his teams got, I should say, like the, the, the less accolades he seemed to get when it came to like all NBA. That's just something to think about. Um, another thing you could think about as well is that he, he sacrificed his numbers. He could have put up higher numbers, but he sacrificed his numbers. Um, once the team got to a situation where it's like, okay, we have this, we have the right squad. I don't have to score 22, 23 points anymore. You know what I'm saying? He sacrificed his numbers so that, uh, his teammates could do better. So he made people better. He made his teammates better. Um, <clears throat> You know, another thing we're saying that he's overrated that season when I talked about 92, 93 with Mark Price, Isaiah Thomas 
was like the only uh, point guard in the top um, 10 in assists that was 31 years old or older. He was also like top six point guards in scoring that year, 31 years old or over. Everybody else was like 30 and under. Um, Isaiah Thomas was having a, a sub, subpar year compared to the other seasons he had. But if you compare his numbers to the other guard, point guards, he was right up there with them. So a subpar year for him was a, a career year for, for many point guards. Um, if, and that's looking at his second to last season. Um, you guys, man, it, it's crazy because, like, I was listening to Hollinger and Duncan, and they was talking about how um, Isaiah Thomas was a good passer but not unbelievable. This dude led the NBA in assists one year, 13.9 assists per game. He led the NBA in assists, so he's not a good, he's not a, he's not unbelievable passer. He's a good passer. The way they said good, it was sort of like, like, it's all right. Like, that's the way it sounded and came across, you know what I'm saying? Um, there's only one other player in NBA history that ever averaged more than 13.9 assists per game, and that's John Stockton. So, when you think about it, all the people that ever played in the NBA, Isaiah Thomas is the only one other than John Stockton that averaged 13.9 assists per game or more. So that tells you what kind of passer he was. Um, they also said he wasn't a dominant offensive player. How are you not a dominant offensive player when you put up 20 points and you put up over 20 points and over 10 assists per game, four straight seasons, four straight seasons, man. You know what I mean? So many players never do that. So many elite players never do that. And then, you can't forget about this. He's not a dominant offensive player. This dude scored 25 points in a quarter in the NBA Finals on a bad ankle. Okay? That that's just that cancels out that right there. Like the guy was dominant, but he was dominant in different kinds of ways. Um another thing that was said on the show was that Isaiah Thomas's position with the team gets built up more than it really was they credit uh the pistons for having a deep team and um they credit the lineup of, of lambeer and, and dumars and everybody else but you got to realize isaiah thomas was the leader of that basketball team um it's some things that analytics just won't tell you analytics will not tell you that without Isaiah Thomas and his intelligence on how to defend Michael Jordan and explaining that to his coaching coaches and his head coaching and coaching staff and breaking it down to the players on Michael Jordan's strengths and weaknesses and then being able to um, share that with the team and have them apply it. That's invaluable. Like you, there's not an analytic that keeps that stat. Like, like it, it, it's just, that's why I say analytics are not there. They have their place, but they can't measure everything. They cannot measure everything. And Isaiah's toughness and his intelligence on the court can't be measured by an analytic. And it, it, you might have a stat that might not look as good, but your toughness, your uh, will to keep fighting and keep going can sometimes help you overcome maybe a weakness in your game that you have. And I know oftentimes when I make this argument, analytic freaks eye roll. They start eye rolling because they're just like, oh, whatever. But it's real. 
like I sat and did a, a whole podcast, a whole season with these guys, um, with the with the um, talking about the Boston Celtics. The year Isaiah Thomas uh, averaged almost 20, thirty a game. He, he was like twenty nine points per game. And the whole time I got guys telling me, "Oh, he can't keep this up. He can't keep this up." Analytics say this, and the numbers say that, and this, this will never happen. You can't ever say never. And Isaiah Thomas was a prime example of never saying never because I'm sure. There were people going, a six-foot, one-point guard cannot lead his team to the NBA Finals and win, let alone do it twice. But he did it. He was a leader. You see what I'm saying? No matter what. And if, if you say, well, Joe Dumars, like they said, Joe Dumars was the best player on the team, which, I, I mean, your analytics might say that, but Joe Dumars will tell you he wasn't the best player on that team. Isaiah Thomas was the best player on that team. Isaiah Thomas made guys better than they were. He made Bill Lane Beer better than he was before he got there. He made Rick Mahorn better than he was before he got there. He helped develop and, and um, uh, he helped develop a young Dennis Rodman. He made Joe Dumars better than he was. If I, like, honestly, it will never know, but I just imagine, like, imagine if Joe Dumars played for the Phoenix Suns and Jeff Hornacek played for the, <laughs> for the uh, Detroit Pistons. We don't talk about Jeff Hornacek. Now we don't, not often, but had he played for the Pistons, maybe we would talk about him more. Maybe we'd talk about Joe Dumars less. That's the, like the effect that, that, um, Isaiah Thomas had on the people around him. They all rallied behind him. He was the guy going to watch the Lakers and Celtics play in the NBA Finals. And he wasn't going just to chill. He was studying those teams and seeing what they were good at and what they weren't good at. So that eventually one day, his team that didn't have as many stars could show up and win. Look at these lineups. You got the Boston Celtics against the Detroit Pistons, okay? Isaiah Thomas against Dennis Johnson. Okay, we'll take Isaiah Thomas. Even though Dennis Johnson was a very good basketball player, but he, Isaiah Thomas. Joe Dumars against Danny Ainge. Yeah, we'll take Joe Dumars. But look at this. You got Bill Beer against Robert Parrish. Ain't nobody taking Bill Beer over Robert Parrish. Mark Aguirre. I love me some Mark Aguirre. Okay? Phenomenal basketball player against Larry Bird. Ain't nobody taking Mark Aguirre over Larry Bird. <laughs> All right. And Rick Mahorn and Kevin McHale. Nobody's taking Rick Mahorn over Kevin McHale. So you got three big time front court basketball players that can all score 20 points per game or more. That can play that, that pass well and play good team defense. You know what I'm saying? And you got DJ Dennis Johnson, who is a Hall of Famer as well. So you got four Hall of Famers right there in that lineup. All right. And Isaiah Thomas brought Dumars up. OK. Bill Lane Beer brought him up. Mark Aguirre is like that one guy that came in the league and everybody was like, oh, yeah, he's a legitimate all star. Nobody said it about Joe Dumars when he got drafted. Also, look at him against the Magic, against the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? The year they went, they took the Lakers seven. All right. And um, almost beat them. Okay, James Worthy had to get a triple-double in Game 7 to win that series. But look at the lineup. Isaiah Thomas against Magic. I'm taking Magic. Joe Dumars 
against Byron Scott. Now, these days people will probably say, yeah, I'll take Joe Dumars. But Byron Scott was an excellent. He was a he was a guy that put up 20 points a game too. He wasn't a slouch. Bill Beer against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Come on. You ain't got to say nothing more. Uh, Adrian Dantley against A.C. Green. Okay, I'll take, I'll take, um, well, actually, flip-flop that. Adrian Dantley against James Worthy because James Worthy was playing like the three sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And A.C. Green would be playing a power forward. So you got Adrian Dantley against James Worthy. I'll take James Worthy. And then Rick Mahorn against A.C. Green. I mean, it could be a coin flip. But, hey, A.C. Green was an all-star. But with all that being said, you got the best center of all time in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in some people's eyes, many people's eyes, best center of all time, top 50 player of all time in James Worthy, and the best point guard ever who is six foot nine and can play all five positions in Magic Johnson. You see what I'm saying? That's what Isaiah Thomas had to go up against, okay? Um, once again, to sit there and say Isaiah Thomas was not um, – that great on offense or whatever. Um, let me flip this page back and see. Um, he wasn't a dominant offensive player. Okay. Not a dominant offensive player. Uh, go back to the 85 playoffs, right? They get put out in the second second round against the Celtics, right? But they played the New Jersey Nets in the first round and they played the Celtics in the second round, right? New Jersey Nets, their point guard is all-star Michael Ray Richardson. And a lot of people... Might not remember Michael Ray Richardson, but Michael Ray Richardson was no slouch. He was a he was a bona fide like true leader of his team when he wasn't like because he had a drug problem, right? But when that dude was on the court, he was serious. Okay, <laughs> so uh, you ask anybody that played against him back in the day, he was a tough guy to play against. All right, so the, he he plays against him and plays against Dennis Johnson and the Celtics in the second round, nine games in the NBA playoffs. Isaiah Thomas averages 24.3 points per game, 11 assists per game. Not a dominant offensive player. Come on. Those are dominant numbers right there. 1990 NBA Finals. All right, against the Portland Trailblazers. He scored 29 points or more in three of those five games in that series. The last three games of that series, he hit 30 of 48 shots. Okay? That, that dude, and, and so, you know, Finals MVP and all of that. Okay, Joe Dumars was not the best player on the Pistons. Joe Dumars did great things for the Pistons, but Joe Dumars is to Isaiah Thomas what Scottie Pippen was to Michael Jordan. All right, and this is not a slight on any one of those guys because I'm a big Pip fan, actually. Right, but let me explain this. Without Joe Dumars, the Pistons probably don't win a championship. And without Scottie Pippen, the Bulls don't win a championship. However, Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas were the most important players in the history of their franchises. And they needed help. And they got that help. But they made that help better. When the help got to them, they, they rose those guys to a different level that they probably wouldn't have risen to had they played with lesser stars. I, 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 Joe Dumars is a Hall of Famer. He is phenomenal. But I'm telling you, in my heart of hearts, if you send him to the Sacramento Kings, I don't know if he turns that franchise around. I don't know if he does that. But, I, but I'm telling you, Isaiah Thomas would fight to the death to turn his franchise around. Because <laughs> he has something, something that, that 
it's like it's not to slight anybody like yeah mark price john stockton you know they were gutsy guys but isaiah was on a different level and you can't measure that with an analytic you know what i'm saying um just some quotes about what some guys had to say about isaiah thomas Charles Barkley said that he probably should have been on a dream team. He's the greatest pure point guard ever. Him and John Stockton. Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard ever, but he's a freak of nature. But Isaiah Thomas and John Stockton are the two best pure point guards. And when I say pure, I mean little guys to play the point guard position. They're the best to ever do it. And so when he talked about Isaiah missing the dream team. There's a lot of argument there. Oh, he wasn't better than John Stockton. And come on, like, listen, Magic even said it, that (laughs) John Stockton is great, but it's some stuff that Isaiah Thomas can do that John Stockton, it's not in John Stockton's DNA. John Stockton had his chances to win his NBA championships and he fell short. Isaiah Thomas didn't. He fell short once, but he won two after that. Isaiah Thomas went through Michael Jordan and the Bulls. John Stockton didn't. And this is not a slight on John Stockton. It's not knocking John Stockton. You got to really, really be fortunate to win some NBA titles. But, man, I'm telling you, that level of intensity that Isaiah Thomas played with and that level of fight, it goes beyond luck. Um, Magic Johnson, he said about Isaiah Thomas, he said Isaiah Thomas could take over a game Uh, both scoring-wise and controlling a game as a point guard. There's never been a guard that can do what Isaiah can do in terms of just taking over a game in the fourth quarter and win you a game. So there it is. And this is a person who had to deal with Isaiah Thomas. And he had to deal with John Stockton. You know, Um, just just to call him out. Here's another one, Joe Dumars. He he said that the leader of the team was Isaiah Thomas. And he, it, this is um during Isaiah Thomas' jersey retirement ceremony, actually. He said, thank you for allowing me to steal everything that I ever saw you do on the court. Thank you for showing me every trick in the book. Isaiah Thomas made Joe Dumars the player that he became. And, and yes, Joe Dumars had some seasons where he averaged 20 a game when, when Isaiah might not have been averaging 20 anymore, but... Hey, that that was the that was the design. It was like, yo, I don't have to do this right now. Let him do his thing, you know. So, with all that being said, um, oh yeah, here's another quote uh, from Isaiah Thomas's college coach, Bobby Knight, who coached him at Indiana. He said, "I always used Isaiah as an example of what competitiveness was all about. I don't think that I've ever been around a player in any sport." that had the absolute determination just to win than Isaiah Thomas had. All right. Um, You can't measure that competitiveness, that will to win, that same will to win. Everybody uh, praises Michael Jordan for. You can't measure it. It's not, it's not a number. You know what I'm saying? You you can only, it's, it's something inside of a person. And I think that trumps analytics. If you if you look at the win shares, 
in Pistons history, according to basketball reference, Bob Lan- Bill Lambeer, Bob Lanier, Joe Dumars all have higher win shares than Isaiah Thomas. But I'm telling you this right now, Isaiah Thomas is the most important basketball player in the history of the Detroit Pistons franchise. Hands down. <laughs> Without him, there's there's the culture doesn't change. He gets there. They become winners. Before him, losers. <laughs> okay. He, he delivers Indiana to a national championship. You know, he gets to the NBA. And, and if I hear anybody talk about, like, people talk about how great Chris Paul is right now. Chris Paul is this, Chris Paul is that. Yeah, Chris Paul is a very, he's a great point guard, right? Now, him and Isaiah Thomas, if you get into deep analytics, you'll probably see, okay, because I see his win shares are higher too. But I'm going to say this. what? Who cares if your win shares are higher? How many championships have you won? How many playoff series have you carried a team through? And I'm not one to be like, oh, you got to win this amount of championships to be great. Nah, there's some great players that have never won championships, right? But you cannot take away what Isaiah Thomas did with that bunch of guys that if, if it's a lot of guys that it's a lot of point guards that would not have won with that group of guys. And I'm not knocking that group of guys, but they just... I mean, Bill Lane Beer overachieved. He, Larry Bird said, Larry Bird can't stand Bill Lane Beer, but he said he understands why Bill Lane Beer played the way he did because he wasn't super talented. He was good, but he wasn't like um, Carl Malone good. You know, he wasn't. Um, I, Tom Chambers, another guy, was just, was way more talented. Than Bill Lane Beer. But Bill Lane Beer, he was smart and he can intimidate you and he can get you out of the game that you wanted to play. He won the mental game. And that's what Detroit did. They they won the mental and physical war. And if you could break somebody's spirit, all of a sudden the shot ain't looking pretty no more. All of a sudden those passes aren't as crisp anymore because you're in their mind. And that's what Detroit was about. And that's what Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, it starts with him. He studied the enemies and he brought the winning formulas to his teammates. You can't measure that. That, that right there, along with being a great player, that right there, that, that kills that overrated conversation. And and I, I just hope it doesn't get to a point where all we're doing is talking about analytics. You know, when folks say like the guy, the guy on the uh, Holland Jordan Duncan show, one of the guys was just like, well, I don't buy that. You just had to see him play argument. <sighs> That's that eye rolling thing. But listen, man, and I, I mean, it's the way it is, man. Sometimes you had to be there to witness what went down because if you weren't there you just don't know <laughs> you know um, um who was that dj vlad talked about if you wasn't in the world when thriller was a hit record you don't understand the um impact it had yeah you can look at the numbers and say oh yeah it outsold every other record but you don't feel it because you weren't there if you weren't if you weren't there for Beatlemania. You don't know what it felt like because you weren't there. 
Isaiah Thomas's intensity. Many people don't know what it felt like. And they're just looking at analytics to give them um, the feeling. And you'll never have it because analytics don't give you no feeling. It gives you numbers. That's it. That's all it gives you. So it's really hard to judge somebody based off of some numbers. Another player they mentioned, they talked about Mitch Richmond, and we might do another episode on Mitch Richmond. They talked about Mitch Richmond being overrated. And it's like people talk about Michael Jordan not having much to play with his first few years. His records were horrible, and they would make the playoffs because, you know, they would sneak in there some years, you know, with, with bad records. Well, Mitch would have teams with bad records, too, and they couldn't sneak in every year. They snuck in maybe twice. But the talent he had was, like, worse than the talent Michael Jordan had at the beginning of his career, you know. But people give Mike a pass. Mitch wasn't a GM, but he still performed. So, yeah, the, the analytics and the overrated thing. Wilt Chamberlain is another one. Like, a lot of people like to crap on Wilt Chamberlain these days. Because he's not the player that, like, you know, that they like to, like, like they like him to be. It's like, man, come on. He was so good. He could play with the game and still win and still be dominant. And no, he didn't win eight championships like the Celtics did. Nobody won eight championships uh, in a row but the Celtics. So does that mean the entire league sucked? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means the Celtics were that good. And Wilt Chamberlain was one person. Couldn't beat an all-star team. <laughs> but we'll talk about that another time. Once again, closing statement, man. Isaiah Thomas, in my opinion, or in my opinion, like maybe if I think hard enough, I can find another one. But behind Magic Johnson, he's my. If I'm picking point guards that that's gonna be on my team, is Magic first, Isaiah Thomas second. And I know Steph Curry is great, and he is. But I, shoot, I, I'm telling you, I feel like Isaiah Thomas will fight so hard he will figure out a way to get to get over Steph Curry, just like he figured out a way to get over Michael Jordan. He figured out a way to get over Larry Bird. He figured out a way to get over, you know, the Lakers, you know, uh, the the Trailblazers. He figured out a way. To, to be there at least in the moment. Now you could kind of talk about that second that second year when they took the Lakers on and they actually beat them. Lakers were very dismantled, so that's that's one thing to talk about. Um, the Lakers were dismantled. Magic was hurt, you know, all of that. But um, the year before when they took them seven, they were right there, and, and and Isaiah Thomas figured out a way to be right there. You know what I'm saying? So. I think he'd figure out that way to be right there with, with Steph Curry too. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm taking those two guys. Those are my two point guards to start off. Um, all that being said, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, no way he's overrated. And I appreciate, um, the Hollinger and Duncan show for, um, talking about these things and lighting a fire in my behind to make this episode to talk about this issue. And like I said, everybody, go check out that show. Check out the show, all the shows on the Lockdown Network. Uh, they got a show for every team. And it's real cool to just listen to the different perspectives around the country. Uh, you know, and whether you agree with them or not, you know, 
everything is not for everybody to agree with and everything is not for everybody to disagree with. But I think it's just good information and good entertainment. So check out those shows. And, um, you know, if you got any opinions on what we're talking about, uh, hit up, hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Life Media and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I had to get back home and find the actual card that I wanted to feature on this episode because I was out and about. While I was recording the episode. So um, the show is called My Basketball Card. So we always have a feature card. And this card is Top's Finest from the 1993 collection. And this is uh, card number 87, Isaiah Thomas. Um, I, I featured a Danny Ferry card from the same collection. I really like this collection. It's very colorful. Uh, the, um, the surface of the card is like shiny and almost almost like 3d looking sort of you know kind of pops out at you it's not a dull basketball card at all but i looked online and i saw um on a website that this card is worth five dollars and fifty cents and i also saw another site where like they were selling it for a dollar then i saw like um some like I guess it's like mint cards or whatever, and they were of this card, and it was like $111 for sale. So I don't know. I think I got some cards that's worth some money, and I don't even have a clue. Uh, but, yeah, um, as far as, I guess, the regular near-mint version, I guess, comes up at $5.50 uh, for this Isaiah Thomas card. That's what we'll go with for right now. But, yeah, the Top's Finest Collection of 93 I believe I have the whole collection, but it's split up. I um, opened it and put it in sleeves, and this card is actually in um, a hard plastic case. It's uh, singled out. Many of my cards are in books. But, yeah, we got to try and get um, a person that's like an expert in trading cards, maybe do an interview with them to um, talk about how much cards are worth how do you get um how do you get them verified and um what's that thing authenticated or whatever how do you do all of that that process because i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would like to know but um all that being said we have our isaiah thomas basketball card and i had to man i got cards like in books that i can tell you where they are which card it is what with section but this card i had to really look for it was like in a bunch of other cards that are in like this bag and they all are in like plastic cases and it's a lot of different like rookie cards like shack rookie cards and chris weber and things of that nature but right in it's like a needle in a haystack there was one isaiah thomas card it might be another one in there but i think this is the this is, i knew i had this one so i wanted to feature this one on this show all right, so thank you once again for listening to my basketball cards. Uh, this was fun. Once again, uh, check out the Hollinger and Duncan show, uh, which we made this show in reaction to. And uh, check us out. Like I said, we're going to be doing more frequently. We just did an episode about Jim Jackson and his um, dominant season that he had in 94, 95. And we look forward to doing more episodes, just um, kind of reminiscing and bringing back memories some that maybe you have forgotten and some that you remember about your favorite players from back in the day. All right. Y'all stay cool. Uh, once again, it's hot outside. I'm here in the Midwest. It's burning up. So find a way to stay um, 
you know, to not burn up and uh, <laughs> and stay safe out here with the uh, pandemic and all of that still going on here in the States. Stay safe with that. And um, I think baseball season starting up, NBA season starting up soon. So just try your best to enjoy something in life, whether it's sports, whether it's just doing something productive, artistic, whatever you do, figure it out and have fun. Check it out. My basketball cards. Thank you so much for listening.